The Basement Window is written and produced by GM Napic. If you like this show and you want to support it, consider donating at patreon.com slash thebasementwindow. Thank you. You only get one life. Choose the right people to spend it with. Don't give up too soon, but don't hold out too long. Everything depends on you. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, gather around the basement window. Greg knew Jake very well, well enough that Jake's general state of mind after beginning his relationship with Angie seemed quite unusual to him. Greg rather thought he understood quite a lot about the world, but don't we all think we understand quite a lot about the world? And don't we all rather think that everyone else has it wrong? So Greg fostered a personal inclination to leave people be. Naturally, as tends to be the case when human beings make decisions and act on them, there came a time when Greg felt he may have it wrong. Greg thought, maybe rightly, that Jake and Angie weren't right for each other from the start. The right call would have been to say so, but in this timeline, Greg made the wrong call. Let's briefly run through a list of Jake's other friends, all of whom made the right call. Terry. Amy. Derek. Lionel. Gwen Marie. Thompson. Chuck. Katrina. Now let's run through the list of friends whom Jake pushed away, blocked out, or otherwise ignored slash abandoned. Terry. Amy. Derek. Lionel. Gwen Marie. Thompson. Chuck. Katrina. If Greg's goal had been to avoid being pushed out by Jake in order to remain close until things were bad enough that he would finally see and listen to reason, the wrong call may have been the right call. Greg had not acted with this goal in mind. Greg had a passing interest in epistemology, a more than passing interest in Greek and Roman history, and was quite good at the piano. But none of those things exactly help you know what to do when a friend is in distress, do they? If only mapping the course to a stable emotional state were as obvious and easy to grasp as epistemology. These sorts of thoughts pass through Greg's head every day, but few times did they plague him more than when he was with Jake. As Greg looked further and further within himself for the answers to Jake's problems, it took Jake yelling his name repeatedly to call attention to the fact that he had allowed his game character to be snuck up on and shivved many times, by a player who would go on to be defeated with difficulty by Jake. What's up with you, dude? Jake said. I mean, you've always been bad at this game. But your head's not even in it, man. Y yeah, Greg responded. I just was thinking about something else. Greg set himself to modifying his character loadout, hoping very much that the next words Jake sent through his earpiece would not be, well, let's talk about it, or what are you thinking about? Jake was still playing and seemed to place all his attention on surviving the rest of the match. Greg continued to play badly, time after time getting distracted, 
but was happy to spectate Jake's gameplay, warning him to hidden players and offering advice from the back seat. Jake didn't need it, but he did the advice often, sometimes playing better as a result, mostly dying unnecessarily and laughing heartily. After some time, the hour became too late and Jake's reflexes too slow to go on any longer. Your mind can do really funny things when you know what you should be doing and want to do something else. That thing you said would be done tomorrow but haven't started yet is looming somewhere right now. In the back of your mind, a thought asserting itself as if it were its own. And here you are, listening to this. Why? It won't be that bad if you get it started. The fact that you haven't started yet is what's stressing you out. Greg had things to do the next day that wouldn't be nearly as bad as they seemed, and he was too tired for any more video games. But Jake had things too different things that would be not so far away, but they would feel far away. Jake was not so far away now, in fact, but felt not close enough. Not close enough to really be experiencing the same game, to laugh about the same jokes. The two men could have been talking about anything at all, and Greg would still only remember the next day that they had only been close enough to laugh and not close enough to feel warmth. Greg always insisted to his boss that he must take his lunch break about an hour after the rest of the staff, and starkly refused to give a reason other than to say that he would rather no one know his taste in food, and that he would rather not know his co-workers' taste in food. The real reason was, of course, that Jake's break was regularly scheduled an hour after Greg's boss usually liked to let out for breaks. It's very hard to be honest with someone you don't like. Greg rather liked being alone, but made a few exceptions. Jake liked noise, and liked going to local restaurants at the busiest time of day to people watch. So they were different, and yet the same. Greg quite disliked the chaos of public space, the mundane parts of life, the parts you see at restaurants an awful lot of the time. People eating, people on dates, the first and the fiftieth, people complaining and being rude to staff. Greg liked characters, the distillation of the important bits of humanity. Greg liked to watch TV and see characters get to know each other, go on dates, stand up to other characters who were rude to staff. Greg liked to make Jake watch movies. They both liked to eat. For Jake it was pizza, a good hamburger, popcorn at a theater, honey mustard no matter where. For Greg it was baked goods he learned to make on the internet. They both liked to eat. It's hard to be honest, though, in a place like a restaurant, where so many other people are minding their business, and didn't ask to be a part of your very loud version of life, thank you very much. But it's hard to be honest at home, because you can't possibly get the place clean enough to accommodate the dramatic truth, can you? And home is so familiar, 
and you would hate for a place for familiarity to be where your life changes or doesn't but might have. It's hard to be honest over voice chat when you set out to play a video game and have fun and make jokes and otherwise do little of importance. It is important to do very little every once in a while. Maybe it's just hard to be honest. Maybe it's that. The action, the words, and not the place. Jake and Greg both like to eat. It's hard to be honest with your mouth full. Jake watched everyone in the restaurant, but made little eye contact. He spoke about local politics, recent festivals, upcoming games, and nothing that really mattered. Jake had something interesting to say about everything, but Greg found one topic unusually absent. Since humans tend to find the absence of the familiar uncomfortable, even when the familiar is uncomfortable and quite the last thing you want to talk about, Greg felt the need to bring it up. Yes, he felt the need. He felt it some more, and still he felt it more. But he said nothing of importance, while carrying on saying everything of no importance, and their problems never reared their heads, and never got out there and messy and scary, and never got resolved, and no one talked about Angie, and no one talked about anything important. Greg spoke to me. He should have spoken to Jake first, but he spoke to me. He introduced himself, even though I know him, because I know everyone, and here's what he said. I'm sorry I don't talk to you that much. Uh, I'm sorry for a lot, actually, but I need your help. It's Jake. He's been different the last, uh, God, how long have they been together now? Like, years? I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it like that, but I just mean... She's not right for him. She's evil. And she's killing him, slowly, in his own head. He hates her, I know he does. I don't want him to hate anyone, that's not who he is. Jake pours so much love into the world all the time. Please, he doesn't deserve this. Please stop this from happening, I'm begging you. And what was I supposed to do? Make Jake leave Angie? Make Angie leave Jake? Make Greg break them up? That's not free will. My hands are tied. Greg sobbed and sobbed, and it broke my heart. But I said nothing, because this is not my world. Jake spoke to me, too. He should have spoken to Greg or a therapist, but he spoke to me. He introduced himself, even though I know him, because I know everyone. 
And here's what he said. I don't know what I need, but I need something. I'm weak. She's got me by the throat. Sometimes, literally. All my friends are gone. I just pushed him out. Because she told me to. All but Greg. Why, why did I do that? I could have said no. And now I can't. I'm terrified. I need strength. I need a miracle. I, I want her to die. No, no, God. No. I don't know what that feeling was. That wasn't normal. That wasn't me. I'm not me anymore. Angie found him first. She did not try to help him. She did not call the police. She did not cry. She packed a bag. She cleaned up the house. She put on a pair of rubber gloves. She wrinkled her nose as she pulled her handgun from Jake's hands, rinsed it in the sink, cleaned it with chemicals, put it in a plastic bag, made plans to dump it on her way to Florida. Jake left two notes, one that was addressed to his general family and friends with instructions on what to do with his belongings, many of which turned up missing, and another addressed solely to Greg. I shall not violate their privacy by reciting either note. Greg moved forward, but he did not move on. I don't have a plan. The world belongs to you. You belong to you. You exist for you. You've been in control this whole time of who you love, how you love, why you love. Don't ask for miracles. Don't try to control others. Don't ask me for guidance. Ask yourself what you can do to make it better. And for your own sake, love each other. The Basement Window is written and produced by GM Napic. If you like this show and you want to support it, consider donating at patreon.com slash thebasementwindow.